Evil to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to jump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Liebold, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. I'm grateful, oh yeah, able, oh yeah, I'm stable, oh yeah, no label, oh yeah, you know me. What's going on, guys? Welcome. Hockey to hell and back episode. Number 71, but really, Ron Uncut, part two. If you didn't catch part one, it was an, uh, an audio-only episode that I did, I guess maybe two and a half weeks ago when I was kind of really in the pits of my mental illness and struggling and I'd been a uh, quite a bit of time off the podcast and I was not even able at the time to to get in front of the computer and do it live so I did it audio and it was pretty dark my dad texted me he's like that last podcast is pretty dark I'm like well guess what dad my life is 
pretty dark right now. Like that's how I'm feeling, right? And for me to even say that to my dad, it was like, felt good. Like we didn't really go on about it, but it's kind of what I want to talk about today because I don't have a guest coming on. I was hoping that we were going to have a special guest um, without name dropping, but we couldn't make it happen. Uh, but I plan to get really great back into this. Um, a lot of guests lined up, a lot of people that I've talked to that want to come on and I'm just really looking forward to keep going and connecting with people and whether it be hockey players or not, honestly, to me at this point, it doesn't matter for the first part of this podcast. I mean, up until now, really, I've been so focused on, you know, finding hockey players, people that are in the hockey community to speak to and uh, try to make this really just a hockey based podcast. And, um, and I think that's fine. And it's, it's been great. Uh, but I, I really kind of want to venture out. And I think, uh, you know, still sticking to hockey, hockey primarily, but if, you know, I can bring in others that have had like lived experience because for me, that's the greatest thing that I can experience as someone that's either recovering from uh, mental illness or addiction or both in my case was when I actually got to sit down, talk to connect with somebody who had that lived experience. Like there's something to be said about that. And that's nothing against all the wonderful uh, professionals who do such an amazing job as well. When you can bring those two things together, it's, I think, the best. But if I had to pick one, um, especially when I'm talking like when I was in rehab, that lived experience, talking to another person who had kind of lived that same life, uh, it made just the world of difference. So Anyways, uh, this episode is brought to you by PuckSupport, PuckSupport.com. Guys, go check it out. Um, thank you to everyone who supported PuckSupport. It's been just incredible to see hockey back. It's so nice to see people in the ranks. And it's an even added bonus when I see those people in the ranks wearing PuckSupport, having those conversations. Um, it's pretty cool. And, you know, for once I can actually say, you know what, it's pretty cool. And I can actually say, it in, like today, um, I'm kind of jumping all over the place. I'm really tired. I just got back to Susan's. I spent the weekend with the kids at Taylor's and um, got Link a new hockey net. We were playing hockey and stuff. And But I was up early this morning and was in North Bay with my buddy Dan Spence and just being on the ice. I mean, it just started my day. It was just, you know, <laughs> it starts the day off on the ice seven in the morning. Like what, you know, for me, that's paradise, right? So kind of just been on just riding a wave today, right? With with being on the ice early. So things have been great. Um, but I, yeah, I just apologize for the late podcast. A lot of people um, probably aren't watching live that usually maybe would be that are sleeping and maybe some new ones that are watching because maybe they're on the West coast and it's uh, you know, uh, eight o'clock there instead of five. Um, it's not jammed up on their Sunday dinners. So um, I appreciate it. If you're watching live, thank you for taking the time. There's just, I'm not going to, you know, spend a ton of time here tonight talking, but there are a few things um, going on. Uh, but yeah, just with the puck support thing, it's it's been really cool. And I've been able today because, you know, I just take it to the beginning of the day with hockey. For whatever reason, I've just been kind of been able to really digest things for the first time in a long time. Maybe for the first time this way ever since I started doing the podcast, started puck support, different things. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. And I want to share that with you guys. Um, just recently I had the opportunity to speak with uh, some AAA kids out of the Pembina Valley 
minor hockey association and ranging from 14 to 18, both boys and girls. And it was just an incredible experience to be able to share my story and um, my experience. And uh, just, again, my lived experience going back to the things that I really believed in as a hockey player, uh, never being able to see or hear of another hockey player who may have been struggling with mental illness or addiction. So, you know, there's others doing it. I'm not the only one, but I think it was, uh, it was just really cool to, to be able to do that. I had no expectations going in. Uh, I took uh, quite a bit of time preparing, but just prior to, I was like, you know what, I'm going to wing it just like I do all the time with a lot of my stuff. And I think as I progress, I want to get it more dialed in, but, um, you know, I had no expectations going into that presentation. Right. And, you know, for the last 18 months, I've had these literally dreams, daydreams of what that looks like. Like, how can I get out there and be of service uh, to the hockey community, just to the community in general, by sharing my story uh, and my experience and just to maybe get through to one person, whether it be a hockey player or not. And so by the end of that uh, talk, it was just over an hour. Um, you know, there were 70 kids and coaches and things um in the in the meeting and but their things were turned off is what i was trying to say like their cameras and it kind of threw me off because there's seven excuse me, i'm trying to just think about it. it really threw me off for the first 15 minutes because it was a zoom call but i was the only one with the camera on so it's kind of weird I, I i knew that there were kids there but again i really wish that i was there because i felt like maybe i wasn't able to connect with them is where i'm going with this and um, but anyways, it ended and, uh, shout out to Sean Diaz, uh, from out there in Pembina Valley, uh, for setting it all up. I just greatly appreciate the opportunity. He messaged me right after and was like, wow, that exceeded expectations. And, you know, just, uh, wanted to put my name forward to, uh, some people, uh, in the Manitoba board of hockey. And I just thought that was fantastic. It was great. Uh, and then from there, I, I got a few emails from some of the players um that were you know in the zoom and it it was a couple of things you know it i was pretty shocked at first um i don't know why after i thought about it to think you know because i even gave the kids in that in that workshop so to speak the stats you know one in four people will suffer with mental illness one in five with substance abuse or alcohol so you know, and one in four boys, or sorry, one in six, I think is the is the newest number. Uh, one in six boys will be sexually abused. Like these numbers are all very high. So these things, unfortunately, are common. But I got a couple of emails and um, both from boys and girls and, you know, disclosing some information, um, asking questions. Um, and, you know, these were teenagers that felt comfortable to, you know, reach out by email, um, a message um, that felt, you know, just a little bit inspired to, to share maybe something that they had never shared before. And, you know, it was, it was great, but just to know that there's so many people out there struggling alone, it's heartbreaking because I know what that's like. And I did it for so long. And, you know, this is just one Zoom call that I did. And those are the those are just the kids that felt comfortable enough to reach out. So 
when I got to thinking about it, you know, yeah, I just, my head started to hurt. It's like, what can we do? What can I do to, to make more of a difference because people are hurting out there. And I have been one of those people for a long time. And recently I started to go through that too. So <laughs> it's tough for so long these past few months, you know, I've encouraged everybody reach out, ask for help, tell people what's going on. And at certain times it's easy to do that for me anyways, um, regardless if it's good or bad, just at, um, like the things that are going on for me, regardless if they're good or bad. But then there's times where I can't even talk about the good things or the bad things, you know, the ebbs and flows of life. And I still have a tremendously hard time as I just found out that when I do kind of go down into this downs, you know, downhill spiral or downhill, whatever you want to call it, that I fall back into those old patterns too. So I completely understand anybody out there who's struggling with addiction or mental illness, who is feeling alone uh, or feeling like they, you know, to beat it, they have to beat it on their own. And that people, you know, aren't there to support them. What is going on, everyone? I just want to give a couple shout outs to people watching live. David Carlson, my man, my longest running supporter from day one. What's up, David? My guy, Dean Smeal, out there in Alberta as well. St. Paul Junior Canadians. Lean the Wayne Wright Bison's 5 2 after 2. I uh, know it was not Dodie that no showed Dodie Wood. Uh, Dean, yeah, those numbers are crazy. Those numbers are crazy. David Grass, what's up, man? I hear you. When it rains, it pours. My guy, my guy, Jesse Tucker. Love you too, buddy. Thanks for watching. Hope you're doing well on this Sunday night. Anyways, I'm going to throw it over to a sponsor. Uh, but before I do that, I got to give a major shout out to our friend, Curtis Gabriel. The newest Toronto Maple Leaf, maybe not the newest, but one of the new faces of the Leafs, had a hell of a game last night at a tilt at the end of a long shift and scored a goal, picked it right out of the goalie, put it in the net. I chatted with Curtis today. Obviously, he's feeling great, and I just thought that he brings something that the Leafs desperately need. So major shout-out to Pucksport Warrior, Toronto Maple Leaf, and just overall great person, incredible human being, Curtis Gabriel for an incredible first game in a Leafs jersey. Anyways, you guys are going to see him here. Take it over to our friends at Pride Tape. Pocket of Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. 
For more information, you can send an email to Aubrey at PrideTape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, Aubrey at PrideTape.com. You can find PrideTape on Facebook.com slash PrideTape, on Twitter at PrideTape, and at PrideTape on Instagram. PrideTape thanks all of you for being champions for change. One more for KG, 29, Toronto Maple Leafs. Awesome stuff, Curtis. Super proud of you. Uh, Friend of the show, guest of the show. He'll be on a bunch more. Um, Anyways, I I mentioned earlier how I, you know, my dad said that that episode was dark. If you guys are watching the beginning, if you're watching live. And I said, dad, like, that's the way it's going on right now. Like, my life is dark. Like, (laughs) too bad. Like, what do you want? And I've really been thinking, and this isn't the first time I've thought of this in my life, but I've really been thinking about this now. And it's like, how often do I walk around and if I'm interacting with people, do I lie straight to their face when they ask me how I'm doing? I'm good. No, no, I'm not. Maybe sometimes I am, but I'll tell you the majority of the time I am walking around pretending to everybody like I'm okay all the time, or at least trying. And I think I don't do a very good job at at it most days. Um, But when I'm not doing okay, it's still really hard to mention that to anyone. And on the other side of that, I was thinking about this earlier today. The other side of that is, How prepared are we as people to have that conversation if the response when we ask them how they're doing is not just good? So when we are actually asking people how they're doing, maybe there's more that we can do to dig a little bit deeper instead of just saying, hey, how are you doing? So it's the good. Or if they just say good, maybe there's a way that we can approach it to, to just to dig a little deeper. And it doesn't have to be with everybody that, you know, we're interacting with on a daily basis. But is it not important and crucial to have the conversations? I'm so sick of having to, and I'm not talking about in this moment, but just lately and virtually my entire life feeling so alone that I have to do everything on my own through my addiction, through my mental illness. Nope. Nobody can know. And if they do know some, they can't know everything. I got to do this on my own. That mentality just about killed me on more than one occasion. So I just, you know, I've really been thinking that I want to be very conscious of that to those around me when I'm in conversation and people ask me, Hey, how you doing? You know what? I'm not doing that great right now. What is that? What does that look like? If you're listening to this, if you're watching that, if someone says that to you, you know, depending on who it is, maybe it's a different scenario. How well prepared are you to handle that conversation? And I don't mean like, oh, I'm not a medical professional. I can't give medical advice. That's not what I'm saying. 
how emotionally are you ready if somebody was to have a conversation like that? My personal experience, my personal experience with it, like almost 100% of the time, when I share my story or, or what's going on with me, if it's with somebody I know or somebody that I just met, it often pulls something out of them and vice versa. If somebody's talking about what's going on for them, it pulls it out of me. And that might not be the same for everybody, but again, I just share on my experience. And so knowing that, why is it so, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard with everybody that I've been talking to lately? It seems to be the same thing. Are we all so competitive against each other that competing against each other in all aspects of life that we can't show any quote unquote weakness? Shout out Blair Buckman. Saw him today, gave him a hug, spilt my tea all over him and Carter on their front doorstep. I wish I had the buzzer because that was uh, too funny. Carter went on to have one hell of a game today. Shout out Carter and the entire Buckman family in North Bay. Love you guys. I know you're always there, Blair. Thanks. Appreciate you. Danny Cassidy. It's one guy I need to uh, connect with very soon. I'm going to bring you on the show, Danny. I was actually thinking about you a lot this weekend, to be perfectly honest. My personal coach growing up, now all the way in the Philippines. Love you, man. We got to do it. Shan's watching. She says it's hard to be truthful about that. It is. It is. And I think with social media, again, I'm guilty. Putting all the positive stuff. I mean, I post stuff about how I'm not doing well all the time. But still, the majority of the things that I'm posting are the things that I want people to see. I think that's just the way most people are, are doing it. Because we're all so competitive. Again, I, I still try to remain authentic. You know, I do post what's going on with me and, and all of that. But again, I'm guilty is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm no better than, than anybody else at that. Maybe I'm just talking out my ass. I felt like I needed to, to get on here tonight. I didn't have a guest. Um, I wanted to make sure that, you know, this conversation has kept going because a lot of people have reached out and and just expressed, you know, that they like this podcast. I got to stop saying, you know, that's one thing I'm trying to cut out, but that this podcast has helped them. And I got a text saying, hey, I, I hope more episodes are coming. So, again, I really think that the guests make this show. So, so I'm not going to make this a habit, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to take another Sunday night off. It was later. Yes, I, I understand that. But I want to say that I appreciate you guys. Everybody that has ever watched or listened, and I say it all the time, and I've always meant it, but I've really been thinking a lot about it. And I appreciate the fact that so many people, and maybe, you know, this show isn't as statistically popular as some of the other podcasts. And I think when I first started the podcast, it wasn't about that. There was a time when it, after where it started to get, you know, started to get a, gain a little traction. And I was like, oh, what if? And 
kind of always looking and then kind of got lost in it for a little while. And then I started to realize that it's not about having thousands or millions of views when we're hosting a show like this. It's really about connecting with those that do take the time out of their life to watch or listen. And so I just thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life, whether I've met you in person or I haven't. I think the majority of people that either watch or listen this listen to this podcast, you know, I have a relationship with on some level. And so I just want to say thank you. I kind of got lost in it for a while, but there's people that message me saying that I've helped them. And for a long time I couldn't take it. I would downplay and say, I, you know, I don't do anything. I don't do anything to help people. And this is just me speaking my truth. I did all this crazy stuff and now I'm just trying to, to utilize it to make a difference for people. And the other night when I was able to not only have the, the zoom call with these triple a kids, I got paid to do it. And so that has always been a dream. I don't do anything for money. You know, unfortunately for me and I guess my family, not motivated by money, but at the end of the day, I do want to make a living and I, I need to provide for my family. And if this is something that I could do and I can perfect uh, and hone the skills of delivering that message to upcoming hockey players, to students in schools, but not just me, but to bring in others, the medical professionals, other people with other stories and to get out there and make a difference then to me that honestly that's more fulfilling than playing in the NHL for me. And I can 100% say that with all my heart, my entire life, I've always felt so much more at peace and just sure of myself when I'm in, you know, service of any type. And it took me a while to realize that maybe I could, I can be of service. And I hope that people listening and watching are not sitting there just looking at me going, yeah, can Brady be of service? Like I'm talking about all of us. Like we can all be of service regardless of, you know, where we come from, what we've done, our past, whatever. We can always make a difference. And that's, you know, the choice that, that we all have to make. And maybe it's not for all of us, but I've known from a very young age that it's always been for me. It was one of the greatest gifts of being an elite hockey player was playing major junior and having all the gr and pro and having all the great volunteer opportunities that were just sort of, you know, sign up here and go and, you know, going to play floor hockey with the kids at schools and reading and going to, um, you know, less fortunate families. And I, you know, I've been on the other side of that, you know, years later. So, it, um, yeah, it, it's just, um, I don't know. I'm just talking what's kind of coming out. But I want to, while I'm on the topic or maybe not on the topic, but looking down at it, this bracelet, I have a whole bunch of these. 
So the other day, I met a lady by the name of Elaine Sterk from Orangeville, Ontario. Uh, she's on Instagram at Junior C Hockey Volunteer, I think is her Instagram handle. She's a mental health nurse and she's a volunteer for the Junior C down in Orangeville. And she's ordered a couple times from Puck Support. And on this last one, she's like, you know what? I'm going to come up there and pick it up. And so she was able to come up here the other day and, you know, I got to meet her and she shared some stories with me that I'm not going to talk about right now, but she shared some. Uh, unfortunately, some more tragedies of players that she knew that have taken their own life. Um, and hopefully I'm going to be able to connect with their families soon uh, because of her. But she's doing a lot to make a difference down there in Orangeville. And she made these bracelets and it's uh, mental health 365 days a year, which is she had no idea, but it's built right into the business case of puck support. So we're going to give away a couple of these anyways, probably throw them in the next couple orders of puck support, um, you know, orders or whatever, find a way to give these out. Anybody that wants one, I got a couple extra. I can, anyone watching live, send me a message after we got a bunch. She gave them to me to give out. I think they're really cool. So shout out to Elaine Sterk. Um, thank you for this. And thank you for all that you do. I'm so tired. I've been up. I woke up at 4am to be in North Bay for seven. And I went to bed at, I don't know, 11 o'clock. Anyways, that's pretty much, I think, all I really wanted to, to cover tonight. I mean, I had a couple notes, but aside from that, I just really, again, want to encourage people who are struggling out there. You're so not alone. And if you think that you're the one person that is alone, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I know what that feels like too. And so do a lot of people that I've been talking to. So again, I just remind everybody out there, you're not alone. You don't have to be if you don't want to be. Sometimes it takes time to find those right people. Sometimes it takes falling on our face time and time again. We just have to keep fighting. Just keep fighting and keep fighting. And when you get tired, guess what you have to do? You keep fighting. So, yeah, I'm looking very much forward to more opportunities speaking. I've got a few emails. I posted a couple clips on Instagram. And to be perfectly honest, I wasn't really happy with the way that I delivered the presentation. But the response I got was incredible. So I know that I can have like a, a few more levels to go with the delivery and the presentation and everything. So that's exciting. But just from those few clips, I've had a couple other emails, um, more opportunities of speaking uh, to some teams out near Okotoks, Alberta, um, and also uh, in North Bay as well, hopefully uh, with the Powassan Voodoo, um, talking with the general manager today, Chris Dawson. Uh, at the Icebox, shout out the Icebox at Chris Dawson's house, synthetic guys that Dan's been uh, doing some extra goalie training at. Pretty cool little spot. Um, but yeah, just very much looking forward to that. So if you're listening or you're watching this at any time and you have anything to do with a minor hockey uh, or especially junior hockey team and you think that maybe they could benefit from hearing my story, 
I would greatly appreciate the opportunity to just come in there and try to make a difference. It's not always going to resonate with everybody. Like I told the kids the other day, I was like, I know what it's like to be 14 or anywhere between 14 to 18 years old. I was there once too. And there's probably some of you that are watching me right now going like, this guy's completely out of his mind. He's, this guy's a lunatic. That'll never happen to me. And I was like, trust me, that's exactly how I felt when I was that age as well. You know, I thought it was untouchable. I want to share a story with you. Um, and I've shared this, you know, on a couple different podcasts and things, but for anybody that hasn't heard this story, and this is a true story, and I was going to come on here and blast some stories about my life, like cr the crazy ones that I'm saving for my book, like the, when I was in my addiction, just crap that people are not going to believe that I did. It was, it, it's crazy. Uh, maybe some people will look at me differently. I hope not. Uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to share a story about when I was 18 years old. This is a very, this is a very profound story. So I was 18 and I was with my buddy, Anthony Kalange. Shout out, shout out to Anth out there in BC. Um, and we decided to get in my Ford Ranger truck and drive uh, from Port Coquitlam to downtown Vancouver to like Canada Place uh, on the waterfront. Um, and at the time, you guys know me, I'm going to speak the truth. Uh, we went down there. We went to smoke a joint. We were 18 years old. We thought we'd cruise down Vancouver. You know, we were 18. We didn't spend much time right downtown Vancouver. We were in the suburbs of Port Coquitlam, you know, 40 minutes away. Of course, we were down there, but not a whole lot. Not since we were 18, that's for sure. So we were cruising. And on the way home, we decided um, that I can't remember whose idea it was. It was likely mine. I was usually the numbskull uh, to go and cruise around the downtown east side of Vancouver, um, Hastings Street. Anybody listening, watching this, pause right now and um, or after this, go Google Hastings Street in Vancouver. Um and again, that's where I was homeless late years later uh, for almost a year. But this is when I was 18. And to cruise the back alleys to go see uh, all the, the drug addicts and the hookers. This was the mentality. I'm, you know, just the craziness that goes on down there. It's, you can't even believe a place like this exists in Canada. It's absolutely nuts. Um, and then you live there for 10 months and you realize, holy shit, this place really is crazy. Um, but yeah, so we were cruising, we were down the back, back alleys. There's an alley called blood alley. It's called blood alley for a reason. And we didn't make it very far. We got pulled over. Uh, you know, I got pulled over and the cop, you know, came up to the window and had a flashlight. It was dark out. And he's like, what are you guys looking for? Drugs or a date? Like with the light, like right in my eyes. And I'm like, neither, sir. Um, you know, I'm a hockey player. I had my bag in the back. I had my hockey bag in the back of my truck with the, in the canopy. And, um, you know, we're, you know, I'm really sorry. We just came down here to check things out. Just, you know, we were just honestly observing and he kind of like didn't believe us at first. And then he like looked in the back of the truck with the flashlight and he's like, sees the hockey bag. And then he comes back and he puts it right in my face. And like, now he's pissed. And I have to be honest, when I was 18, I was pretty, you know, WHL player, think you're pretty hot shit. Um, it had got me out of a few things uh, in the past. And again, 
I'm not proud of, you know, that attitude that I had at 18. I just tell you what I was like. And, and that guy was pissed and he put the light right in my face. And he's like, you think because you play hockey, you're above anybody that's down here right now. And I was kind of like in shock. I'm like, what? I didn't really say, I'm like, I tried to say something. And then he like came right back with the flashlight. It's not even funny, but it's kind of, it's pretty crazy actually. And he came back with a flashlight and he's like, do you know that there's a former pro hockey player that's down here right now that's missing an arm because of an infection, because of intravenous drug use? And he's like, this isn't a place to come hang out. If you come down here, you stay down here and you're not above any of this. I don't care who you think you are. Hmm. Wanna know what my response was? That'll never be me. Yeah. That'll never be me. Eight years later, there I am, homeless on those very streets. It wasn't like a couple of nights. It's like 10 and a half months. So I never thought that I would end up there. That cocky 18-year-old boy, that'll never be me. It's a crazy story. You can't make that shit up. And that's not even close to the craziest story that I have, but a pretty profound one. Anyways, I'm not there anymore. I still struggle. Sometimes on a daily basis, if you struggle, that's okay too. Pick yourself up. If you can, talk to somebody. Try something new. If the things that aren't working for you aren't working, the things that you're doing aren't working, try that again. switch it up it's the hardest thing for me is to break that that routine you know so hard for me it's like ah I'll do this ah, I'll do it later yeah I'll start that later start that tomorrow that's me anyways anybody else relate to that anyways I really truly believe that I went through all of the stuff that I went through for a reason. I think I've been searching for that reason for this past 18 months. But I'll tell you the reason came this pretty much the second that I posted the first podcast and the responses that I got. The support that I got. Not sure I deserved it. Certainly back then I had barely even being clean like weeks so thank you especially guys like david carlson thank you day one i don't want to name names and leave people out because you guys all mean so much to me but honestly weeks weeks clean with a horrible track record and so many people are so kind 
thank you. Thank you. And because of that, I always felt like I couldn't let all of you guys down. And in doing so, I realized that it's sure maybe I would be letting people down, but it's also letting myself down. And I'm so sick of doing that. And it feels pretty good to know that I don't have to self-sabotage everything in my life when things aren't going my way or I'm not feeling the way that maybe I'm hoping to feel because that's what I used to do. Anyways, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, drop a like, share it, please, if you can. Again, if, um, yeah, if you know anybody involved in hockey that you think might benefit from hearing me speak, please keep me in mind. It's like my greatest passion. It gave me that high that maybe not quite that adrenaline of hockey that high, but just to know, like, I don't know, just felt like I was on another cloud, like cloud nine, you know? Being able to reflect back going, wow, there was a, a lot of shitty things I went through. I barely made it through, but I did. And maybe now you can use it to help just one person. And just know that if you're watching this, listening to this, you can do the same. You don't have to go through all the same stuff or anything. You can all make a difference. I challenge you to do that. Anyways, yeah, check out pucksupport.com. Promo code hockey is going to save you 15% off. We also have a survey on our Facebook page right now. I'll pin it to the top. If you can take a couple of minutes to go to the Pucksupport Facebook page, the VS Marketing Survey, there's a link. Super quick survey. It's all about the branding for puck support, for the rollerblade, all of that stuff. We greatly appreciate your feedback. When you've done it, comment done underneath the link. You're going to a draw. We'll give a, we're gonna give away like a hoodie and a hat, or we haven't figured out what we're giving away, but we'll make it, we'll make it something. Make it worth your time. Thanks for spending the time listening, watching. Appreciate all of you. Tell your friends about it. Be kind to everybody. Shout out to my family out there in BC. Love you guys. Miss you. Especially my kids, Brooklyn and Brody. It's a touchy subject these days. We're not going to go there right now. Um, but just know that I love you guys. Anyways, we will see you all very, very, very soon. Take care. Have a great day if you so choose. Pocket to Hell and Back is brought to you by Performance Wellness. The collaboration between First Star Therapy and MindFrame brings a flexible, holistic program to athletes. The goal is to empower and enhance every athlete's well-being on and off the field of play through focus on intentful movement and mindful practices. You can contact them at consult at firststartherapy.com and team at mindframe.info. Plus, you can check them out on the web at firststartherapy.com 
and follow First Star on Instagram at firststar.therapy and at MindFrame on Twitter plus MindFrameFit on Instagram. I want the real stuff, everybody listen up Cause I'll only say it once, I'm gonna show you how the path If you want it bad, I'm gonna show you every side Yeah, how you can get it back, yeah, cause I ain't never done I'll be number one, working hella hard until I Shout out my guy Brody, sorry Brody, I didn't uh, see that you were watching That's awesome that you got to watch live Say hi to Tara and Leo for me Good night you guys Never give up, never slow till I finally prove it. Never listen to the nose, I just wanna keep moving. Yeah, I put out all the start, it's my only medicine. Yeah, everything I do, I'm just being genuine. Yeah, I'm sick of being screwed, feel my own adrenaline. Yeah, I do just what I do, and I hope you let me in, let me in, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 